What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Nerdful Podcast. As always, I am your host, the Fat Fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's a J-M-I-E, your 47th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down this road of nerdiness. And we're here, people. We made it. It's officially happened. The end of the MCU as we knew it. 11 years, 22 films have led to this moment. End games. Seeing it, I've seen it three times. I'm probably going to see it more, to be honest. The film is amazing. I'm going to be spoiling stuff. If you haven't seen it already, then, well, you're going to want to turn it off. But I'm going to give you a review beforehand. I'll let you know when I get into spoilers. You know. So, this film, the, the, let me just go back. The entire MCU started with a plan. Marvel was in disarray. Marvel was being... We really didn't know if Marvel was going to still be a thing. They were selling off stuff left and right. Spider-Man had been sold. The X-Men had been sold. Fantastic Four. Basically, all their big name comic book properties had been sold for movie rights. Just to keep them afloat. And Marvel said, let's do this ourselves. Let's give it a shot. And they took a chance on a film. Um, they took a chance on a comic book character that was known, but wasn't a big star. A C-list character, let's be honest. It's hard to believe if you go back to that time, Iron Man wasn't that popular. Iron Man, a lot of people didn't know who Iron Man was. If you said that name, they thought you were talking about the Ozzy Osbourne song. They took a chance on an actor who had had drug problems, been in and out of jail, rehabs, named Robert Downey Jr., a big star from the 80s who had hit and fallen on hard times. They took a chance on him. And that film, had it not worked, Marvel probably wouldn't be here today. Cinema wouldn't be what it is. Comic book movies wouldn't be what they are. But just in general, Marvel wouldn't probably be here. Marvel would not be a thing anymore because they were floating on bankruptcy. That film hit at a time when superhero movies were doing well. This was a b- different. This was above the norm. This was something we'd never seen in a comic book movie. And it spawned this entire thing. One film that they took a chance on spawned this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And at the very end of that, when we see Nick Fury talk about the Avengers Initiative, they set into motion an 11-year plan that spans 22 films, countless characters, which all leads to this, Infinity War and Endgames. Endgames is the culmination of it all. Endgames builds a great crescendo to a fantastic finish that really can't be topped um what infinity war did as a film infinity war and yes i'm talking about infinity war infinity war built suspense up it built that will they won't they we didn't know what was going to happen in this we knew the avengers were going to pull through we didn't know how we didn't know who would live we didn't know who would die and i'm not getting into that yet but This film is three hours plus long, and it builds to a perfect symphony of just beauty at the very end of it. The first act, the second act, the third act flow together. This movie is beautifully paced. To me, this movie ties every end together. We see reunions. We see conflicts and we see the battle to end all battles we see that that all the the aspects that we've come to know in a marvel film are here and this is a beautiful love letter to the fans who have been with them forever now you can go see this film and enjoy it if you haven't enjoyed one would you i don't know if you would if you've never seen a marvel film i really wouldn't start with this one you can and you'll love it because it has a great plot and a great sequence of events but you really need to go back and see all the other ones to build to this because this film is seriously made for the fans of the film this is made for the people who have been there forever 
the we get to see every pretty much any character that's ever been in a Marvel film. We get to see no you know small characters, big characters, characters that I didn't recognize because they've gotten older. This film is brings them all together. We get to see all that and it's us getting to say goodbye to characters we know. It's us getting to say goodbye to characters we didn't remember. And it's changing the face of the way the MCU is going forward. The uh, the the way this film is structured and put together is fun. It has a lot of laughs in it. It has more laughs than really you thought it would. But those laughs build you to the epic moments of tears and the epic moments of the action that's coming and the wondering of what's going to happen. There are plot holes in this film. There's a lot of stuff that people don't get, you know, and I understand it. You know, there's always going to be that. But this film, I mean, if you're that worried about, you know, a plot hole or if you're that worried about why this happened when they said it couldn't happen, then you're not you're not focusing on what this film is. I cried so much during this film. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I am a 31-year-old grown man, and I cried, and I had my own tissues there, and I was just bawling at scenes in this film because it was, I grown. I've it's been 11 years, so since, you know, since I left my teens, I have been part of this uh, this movie franchise. This film, I mean, it did something that. No one, no other film franchise has ever done. Star Wars has been over, you know, it's going to be nine films deep and all this, you know, lore and everything, but it still didn't do this. It is not connecting everything as beautifully as it did. And I grew up with these characters. I know these characters. I feel like these characters are, are friends of mine, you know, and I know a lot of people do feel that way. It's a beautifully done moment for what what was built here and in for for us to take that ride in this in this roller coaster that is the MCU we finally get to see the end and the end was not what we were ready for the end was tear tear filled the end was action packed and the end had moments that made you go i can't believe it Stuff you've waited to see this entire time finally happens. I no, like I said, no, no other film franchise has done what Marvel did here. My hats off to Kevin Feige, John Favreau, the Russo brothers, uh, Josh Wheaton, Tiki Watiti, uh, any James Gunn, everybody who has directed, everybody who has produced, everybody who was involved in making and creating these films was because you guys did something that probably is never going to be touched again. I don't know if anybody, any other company can do what y'all have done and as beautifully as you've done it. So everybody, now it's time I'm getting into the spoilers. If you haven't seen the film, first off, what the hell is wrong with you? The film has been out for five days. If you haven't seen it, four days, but whatever. If you have not seen it yet, this is your own problem. I've seen it three times, people, but it's selling out. I get it. $1.2 billion opening weekend. Now that is a little skewed. It's done it worldwide. It released everything same day. So, you know, their, their worldwide is going to be bigger because of it. But $1.2 billion worldwide opening weekend. This is fast-tracked to be the highest-grossing film ever, and I hope it is because the fact that Avatar has that is a shame. It's a sham, and I hope they knock it off. I hope that, that Avengers knocks it off its platform and its pedestal because it needs to be. Avatar is not that good of a film, and this film is a million times better. So let's get into it. We start off with what we've known and seen. We It starts off with this kind of upbeat older music playing we see that tony stark and nebula are still in space floating through and 
we get to see a, a weird little bond of them playing paper football and Tony giving his recording for Pepper Potts, saying that he loves her, you know, that they did what they could and he doesn't think they're going to make it. He says, you know, I wish I was hoping to pull off one more surprise, but I don't think I will. Saying that, you know, if he dies, he loves her and that he hopes that she can move on, but he gives his Tony Stark in about her being, you know, if she grovels for a couple weeks and then just lives a lifelong time of guilt. So you get that Tony Starkness to it. He lays down. He's emaciated in this. I don't know if he lost weight for it or if it was just CG, but he looked emaciated. He looked like he hadn't eaten or drank, and, you know, he looked like he was on the verge of death, and it was... It was Good that they did that. You know, he didn't need to look strong. He didn't need to look like he normally does. Then, as he lays down, I think he's dead. I thought he was dead. Nebula comes up. He's supposed to be asleep. Nebula pulls, pushes him over. Nothing. He doesn't wake up. She picks him up, puts him in a ch in one of the uh, captain's chairs. And I'm like, is he dead? There's no way that he's dead. They did not just kill Iron Man three minutes into the film. There's no fucking way. He's sitting there, and all of a sudden we see this light blasting through space. Wakes him up, and it's Captain Marvel. Now, let me say this about Captain Marvel. They hyped Captain Marvel so much for this film. You know, she was going to be such a huge part of this film, and moving forward, and, and she was going to be the leader of the MCU moving forward. And they're, She's in this film maybe 10 minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. I might be generous with 10 minutes. She is not a big part of this film. She has one major part of this film besides saving Tony Stark, and I will get to that. But all in all, she was kind of pointless. Anyway, she brings the spaceship back down. We see that Captain America and Scarlet Witch is 28 days later, or 21 days later, and... They're all dealing with the fact that they've lost these people. What are we going to do? We're, they're looking for Thanos. Captain Marvel drops down. Out comes Tony Stark and Nebula. We see Pepper Potts' first reaction of her seeing Tony, kissing him. You know, I love you. I'm crying already because of this. I'm just in tears. And it, it's just an emotional moment. We go in. They're talking about it. Captain America's asking Tony, you know, did Thanos... Did, did he leave any coordinates or say anything about where he was going? Tony Stark, because they lost, because he knew that he lost, he's he's losing it. He's snapping at Tony. He's I mean, he's snapping at Captain America. He's saying, you know, where were you? I was fighting him. I didn't see you there. Where were you? You know, you said you'd be there and you weren't. Hands him his um, uh, nanotech suit off his chest and says, you take that when you find him. You put it on and you run. And then he collapses. He's not dead. Just he hasn't eaten. He hasn't drank. He's wore out and emaciated. We then find that Nebula says where Thanos is. She says she knows because his plan was after he does all this, he's basically going to retire to the garden. And they find a cosmic blast that was on the same level that's what happened on Earth on this distant planet. They say they're going to go find it. Brie Larson says she's going to go kill Thanos. And Black Widow tells her, you know, this is our this is our fight too. We're a team. Thor gets up, walks over, calls Stormbreaker, shoots by her, says, I like this one. They go to the planet. We've seen that they get to, we see Thanos walking through, picking fruit and veggies in a little hobbit house that he's built on this distant planet. There's no satellites. There's no, you know, f there's no ground troops, nothing. It's just Thanos. He's just living his retirement. Him walking up into the house, you see that he's got a limp, that he doesn't seem like Thanos. They get in. Thanos goes over. He's got a pot that he's cooking. He salt bays it. Yes, picks up salt, does a little salt bay thing into it. And as he goes, in comes Captain Marvel, bam, hits him, grabs him, starts choking him. He's wearing the gauntlet. 
Thor comes in, slice, his arm goes off. What happens next? Thanos, after his arm goes off, they roll it away. They see that the stones aren't in the gauntlet. And they're wondering where the stones are. And as they're wondering where it is, Thanos tells them they're gone. He said, I used them. I used the stones to destroy the stones and it nearly killed me. You see a burnt Thanos. He's beat up. As he's telling them this, Nebula says, you know, my father's a lot of things, but he's not a liar. And we see Thanos say, perhaps I was too hard on you. In a sweet little moment with Nebula, before Thor, whack, goes for the head. Chops his head off. And they and Rocket and them ask him, what did you just do? What did you just do? And he said, I went for the head. And you see him walk off. This scene alone is insane. Because at this moment, you're thinking, they just killed Thanos. We're ten minutes into the film. Where do they go from here? What do we do? You know, I mean, we're all expecting this big battle with Thanos and you just murdered him like it wasn't nothing. Then we see the first act. Then we see five, it goes five years into the future and we see everyone as they react to everybody being gone. They're still trying to cope with it. Captain America is doing grief counseling with people. Um, black Black Widow has basically taken on the role of trying to find, you know, trying to keep order and everything because she's trying to do the best that she can to help everybody. We see her sitting down. We see that we have Nebula and Okoye and Rocket and Brie Larson wearing a new fucking haircut. Some kind of short loop, swoop and pull thing. And War Machine. They're all on these holograms. And we get, you know, them, what's going on. We do get one thing that I, I want to bring up that might be a, it could be nothing. It might be an Easter egg of sorts. At one point, Bre or, uh, Black Widow says that there is a, a disruption off the, off the coast. And Akoya said, yes, it was an explosion under the ocean. And she goes, what are we doing about it? She said, nothing. She said, it was an earthquake under the ocean. We do nothing. If you know anything about the comic books, Wakanda's main force that they've been battling forever has been Atlantis and Neymar, mostly. Now, this could be nothing. It could just be that there's an earthquake and she's jumping, you know, what's, what's this, what's this. It could also be a quick little, it could be a quick, just a, a slight Easter egg to Neymar. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. They do have the rights to Neymar again, so possibly. They go away. We see her talking to War Machine. As Brie Larson has said that she's going, she's not going to be around for a while because what's happening on Earth is happening on every other planet, and, you know, basically they don't have the Avengers. So she's going to help them, and she'll be there forever because she doesn't fucking come help them at all till the very end. Then we have War Machine and her left, and he's talking about how they found a cartel cell in Mexico, and they've been destroyed, and she says it's probably a rival gang. He said, no, it's Clint. It's Hawkeye. When we open the film, the very first scene of the film is Hawkeye teaching his daughter to shoot a bow and arrow. His wife's made a picnic. They're at home. It's during the events of Infinity War, and we see that his family got lost in the snap, so we know where it's coming from he's out killing cartel members he's out killing yakuza triad basically anybody who lived during through the snap that he feels shouldn't have lived he's just killing with reckless abandon and they made hawkeye a badass in this film hawkeye clint barton ronan becomes a gangster in this film he's just murking people left and right but we see how they're trying to deal with it we see captain america coming in to talk to Natasha, saying, you know, he saw a horde of whales in the Hudson on the way over, you know, less ships, cleaner water, and he, basically he's trying to say, look on the bright side, and she's saying, I don't want to see the bright side here, and we see this dynamic, and that's when Scott Lang shows up, who was brought out of his quantum realm state by a rat who hit a button on his van, and it brought him back. We see Scott Lang walking around trying to figure out what's going on. He wasn't, you know, he was gone during the snap. He didn't know what happened. And 
you see, it's weird. You see these places that are like post-apocalyptic cars are, you know, just, they're just beaten down and they're on blocks and houses are abandoned. There's garbage in the street. And it's like, look, I understand half the population's gone, but, you know, why is the entire world acting like it's just, there's no nobody left? You know, there's 8 billion people on the planet, so 4 billion people are left. It just Some of it just didn't make sense, but he goes to the memorial of the people that were lost in the snap, and we see him looking for his daughter's name. That's what he's worried about. And we see he finds his name. Goes to his daughter's house. It's five years in the future, so his daughter's grown up. He knocks on the door. She sees him, you know, and they're hugging, and it's another moment that I just... I lost it because, you know, it's his daughter. He's he's crying. He's, you know, seeing her again. He's been gone for five years. She hasn't seen him. She's grown up. She was a little girl when he left. Now she's a young woman. Then he goes to the Avengers Tower, and that's when he starts telling them about the quantum realm and time travel, and it's been five years, but for him it was only five hours. And, you know, it's going through all of this trying to basically say that we can, what if we can harness it in time travel to the point where we need it and go back before the snap and take care of it. Well, they can't do that alone. None of them know nothing about quantum physics. So they go to the one man that they know, Tony Stark, who's living in the woods in a cabin, beautiful cabin, beautiful on the lake with pepper, and we see the newest addition to the MCU, maybe the cutest addition to the MCU, as he goes out to say, to tell her that lunch is ready, and that is Morgan Stark, who pops out in an Iron Man helmet wearing a little Iron Man glove and says, explain lunch or prepare to be vaporized. And seeing her and seeing the, the, the way that Tony is with his, with his daughter is, is beautiful because he finally realized what life is. It's not money. It's not the Avengers. It's he has his world, and that's his. This little girl, that's Morgan. And again, I lose it, guys. You're gonna hear me say that a lot. I'm just tears in my eyes as Morgan Stark is on the screen, and you're seeing this cute little girl, and you're seeing Tony, you're seeing Dad Tony bring his daughter up as they pull up, as he's talking to him, and then you see. Natasha and Captain America and Ant-Man pull up as they're trying to explain the theory here. Ant-Man tells Paul, you know, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man tells them, you know, what if we we just got to follow the rules of time travel? No talking to our future selves, you know, sports betting, no changing the past. And the, the whole premise of this film of time travel is them making jokes about movies that time traveled um and him saying this and tony tells him he said if your whole plan is based on back to the future i don't want to say he goes it it's 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 not and it's it, it's just funny a funny little moment and it's tony start telling them that it can't be done physics imply it can't be done there's nothing that they can do and just move on because he has he has everything now and he can't lose what he has now they can't go back, and they can't. He can't lose what he has now, which of course means he's going to do it. Uh, so then they go. There's one person they can go to, and they go, and we see Professor Hulk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Bruce Banner has spent five years trying to bring the Hulk and Bruce Banner together. So now you have the giantness of the Hulk, the brooding strength, and the mind of Bruce Banner all put into one. Wearing shirts, he's dabbing, taking pictures with kids. You know, we see a moment when they're eating and kids come up to get a picture with the Hulk. Scott, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, takes the picture. And then he's like, you want to get a picture of me? I'm the Ant-Man. Kids don't want to do it. They don't know him. The Hulk's kind of making fun of it. And then Scott Lang's like, just, just, just take the goddamn phone away. And he's telling him, he said, it's not my area of expertise. And they're going through it. The couple things I want to say about the Hulk here. First off, the... Kept Professor Hulk in the comics works well. And here, I thought we would get that. I thought that that would be the way for them to bring the Hulk in. But we don't really get to see the Hulk be the Hulk in this. You know, everybody, I think, was expecting the Hulk at one point to Hulk out and 
just beat the hell out of people. Anybody. We don't really get that in here. We get to see, you know, Smart Hulk, who looks smaller than he used to. Maybe it's because he's not as rageful. I don't know. But he just doesn't look as big. He doesn't look as imposing. He is a lot smarter, though. And we get to see that. Uh, so, I don't know. To me, it seems like it might have kind of weakened the Hulk because he doesn't have that rage to drive him. He's not a fighter. He's just, he was always so full of hell-bent on rage and, and full of just gusto that he just beat the shit out of people. And with him doing this, we don't, you know, I don't know. If, if, to me, it seemed like it might kind of weaken him a little bit. But anyway, he's saying, you know, he doesn't know, but they're going to try to figure it out. Well, they go through, they're doing test runs. We get a funny spot where they test run it, where you send it back in time. Scott Lane comes back, he comes back as a teenager. They send him back, comes back as he's a baby. Comes back, and he's or as an old man, comes back, he's a baby. And then he comes back and he's regular. And he said, somebody peed my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me or me me. Very funny moment. And it's them trying to figure it out. As Tony has already figured it out. Tony figured it out running simulations on how to do it. We see his daughter find him figuring it out. Blackmails him into getting juice pops by telling mom. And as he sits down with Pepper Potts in the kitchen or in the living room at that point, he tells her, you know, I figured it out. I figured out how to time travel, how to bring people back, how to, how to work it. And he said... I don't know if I should do it. Part of me wants to put it in a lockbox, drop in the middle of the lake, and go to bed. And she tells him, but would you sleep? You know, Tony, he's saying that he doesn't want to lose what he has. He doesn't want to lose his daughter. He doesn't want to lose Pepper. But she's basically telling him, would you be able to live with yourself knowing that you could have brought people back and you didn't? So we get that moment of Tony trying to figure out, could he, would he, will he? And he does he comes back he brings captain america his shield and they figure it out so the second half of the second act of the film is them trying to retrieve the infinity stones from different points in time to go back to bring them back before thanos gets them that the time travel can be convoluted and the hulk explains it he, he explains that Basically, everything happens. There's nothing you can do to change that. You going back in time now is your future. But you going back in time makes that the present. And you can't change the past because the past that happens has already happened in your time. So you can't change it. Now, the way he explains it, it's them basically saying that we can do what we want and you know with them every science fiction movie ever that's done time travel done the same thing you can't talk to nobody you can't change anything if you do it affects it basically affects the present world here the way he explains it he explains it so you know that it doesn't he explains it so you get it but it still doesn't make sense and i know that doesn't make sense but that's just how i got it like everything he said makes sense but it doesn't make sense you just have to see it to know what I'm talking about. But they send them back at different times to get different stones. When they go get the team together, we get to see our first look at my new cosplay coming. We get to see Fat Thor. Thor is fat. He's been drinking. He's blamed himself for the, you know, Thanos winning. Even though he didn't do it alone, he blames himself. And he's in New Asgard. And we see Valkyrie down there helping. And when we go up... All Thor's been doing is drinking and eating. He's got a gut. He's got man boobs. He's out of shape. Long hair, long beard. We do get to see the return of uh, Meek and Korg, voiced by Tika Watiti. And it's funny. They're playing Fortnite. Tika Watiti is, on the, is playing online. He, and, and this is just a small little tangent. But he goes, hey, Thor, the kid's back again. He called me a dick. Thor gets on them, says, "Hey, this is Thor, the god of thunder. Yeah, if you uh, don't, if you don't leave this game immediately, I'll fly to your house and I'll take the control and I'll shove it up your butt." It's just a funny moment, mainly because I like Tikwatizi's voice playing Korg. It's fucking hilarious. You know, he's like, "I'm Korg. How you doing? Thank you, Thor. That guy's calling me a dick." It's just, it's funny to me. But they get them all together, so they go back and they're having to explain 
where the Infinity Stones come from, and we get to see them explain and find out where they are, and they realize that there's three stones in New York. If they go back at a certain time, there's a stone on Morag, there's a stone in uh, Vormir, and then there's one in Asgard. So we get to go back, and we get to see parts from the movies before. Uh, Thor goes back to Thor 2, The Dark World, and we get to see them trying to extract the ether from Natalie Portman's character, Jane. Uh, we get to see Thor interact with his mother for the first time, and I cried my eyes out at that moment. For reasons that I've explained before, I lost my mom, and him, you know, losing, seeing that, and her saying, you know, I love you, and nothing you can do is, you know, it's disappoint me and everything, it just, it broke my heart, and I broke down crying watching that. But again, great moment, fun, as we see Rocket trying to get the ether because Thor is just so worried about being there and he's drunk and which uh, I will say this eventually that Thor character does kind of get on your nerves you know we, it's funny at first and then towards the end we want to see Thor be Thor and he be, he actually does become Thor but he's still fat out of shape Thor but you're, we're all expecting him to be the badass Thor that we've known and we've loved. Anyway, so it goes with this. They get the ether. They're on the way back. Thor says, one second. He lifts his hand, and we see Mjolnir come flying to him. He's still worthy of the hammer. So he has Stormbreaker and Mjolnir back. It's so great. With Tony... Ant-Man and Captain America go back to 2012 in the first Avengers movie. Along with the Hulk, they are going to try and figure out how to get the uh, Scepter and the Tesseract. We see them watch the Hulk smash stuff. We see the Hulk go through and kind of smash stuff because they said he might have to, to blend in. And we see Professor Hulk walk by and he says, Rawr! And he hits a car and it just kind of dents in and he kind of throws a motorcycle. We see them go up at the, the right at the very end when they stop the Loki. We get to see a funny moment of them taking the elevator down and him and telling the Hulk that at capacity he needs to take the stairs. We get to see Captain America as they are bringing the scepter down. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Hydra are bringing the scepter down. He gets on the scene, and when it opens up, it's the exact scene from Captain America Winter Soldier when he fights everybody in the elevator. I'm like, are we going to do this again? Like, are they just going to show the scene? Like, I'm fine with it. I love that fucking scene. But he gets in there. It's the thing, the look, the unclicking of the gun. And he says, I'm taking the scepter on point. We think there's a way to break it. Uh, they say, well, we're going to have to call the senator. And he says, there's no need. He leans in, and he says words that are connected to the comic book. And it's amazing. He leans in and he just says, Hail Hydra. I popped so huge when Captain America said that. Because it's just a call to the comic books and it's just something crazy. We get to see that he gets out. When he gets the scepter, he goes out. He's walking with the scepter. At the same time, uh, when they get to the bottom floor, they're trying to get the Tesseract. Uh, Captain America, or Thor and Tony Stark and them are walking with the Tesseract as the, you know, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. walks up. These aren't the Hydra agents. They're just S.H.I.E.L.D. Robert Redford's character's back. And he says, we're taking that. They're doing a pissing contest. Ant-Man goes into Tony Stark from 2012's um, arc reactor, pulls a plug, basically calls him a cardiac, kicks the thing Tony Stark picks it up from the future Tony Stark dressed as a SWAT team member as he goes to walk off he goes to go to the stairs Hulk flings the door open hitting him sending it flying back with a tesseract coming out we see that Loki is imprisoned he's got handcuffs he looks down he grabs a tesseract he disappears tesseract's gone where that leaves Loki we don't know we then see Captain America walking with the scepter run into Captain America of 2012 saying he thinks he's Loki. They get to fighting. He knocks him down. Captain America 2012 says, I can do this all day. Captain America says, yeah, I know, I know. They proceed to fight. 
And at the end of it, when he's when the Captain America of old is knocked out from the scepter that Captain America from the future used, he looks down and he says, that is America's ass. Call back to the earlier in the film when uh, Tony Stark was making fun of Captain America's old suit, saying that that ass is not flattering. And then Ant-Man being little Ant-Man says, that I think it looks great, Cap. That's America's ass. So we see that. We get to the... We get to the alleyway. Uh, Iron Man and Ant Man are there. They're telling him that you know that that they failed. They didn't get the Tesseract. What are they going to do now? All this is great callbacks to the previous film. We're seeing previous films. We're seeing different perspectives of that previous film, and it it's culminating in what's to come because we're seeing what what we loved. And just seeing different areas of it. Captain America and Iron Man decide to go back to the 1950s. And get the Tesseract. And get some more PIM particles. So they can time travel more. Because they have one shot there. One shot back for everybody. And if they don't have the Tesseract. Then what are they going to do? So they go back. We get to see the original Ant-Man from the comic books. Helmet from the 50s. The one Hank Pym was using it, DA's uh, Hank Pym. It looks so incredibly over the top crazy, but it's fun to see. Tony Stark runs into his dad. As he's running into his dad, he's telling him, you know, at the time he's pregnant and they're going to have the baby. He doesn't know how to act and they're just, you know, banter back and forth is just fun with them. We see that Captain America sees Peggy, Margaret, Carter from the for the first time in forever. She still got a picture of Steve on her desk. They get the, they get the tesseract. They jump. We get to see that Hawkeye, who has now been found by um, Black Widow's character in Japan, t- killing Yakuza, is brought back. We get to see as they jump, they're going after the Soul Stone, and we get to see Nebula and War Machine going after the Power Stone, which will be on Morag as. We see the Guardians of the Galaxy, the very first scene of the Guardians when Peter Quill is dancing and listening to music as before he opens it up. We see that exact scene. We see him singing. You hear the music blaring. And then you cut to watching Nebula and War Machine watching him, and he's singing the song off-key, no music playing, and it's just funny. And he says, so, okay, he's an idiot. Nebula goes, yeah. And then she clocks him. She clocks him, knocks Peter Quill out. They steal the Power Stone. War Machine jumps back to the present time. Nebula, however, doesn't. Because she is... Her memory is linked with Nebula in the past. And so we see that Thanos has Nebula and is seeing what has been happening. Past Thanos is seeing it. He sees what has happened, what's going to happen. And now he knows that he can find all the stones in one place by this so he's going to go get them so we get to see where the Thanos thing is coming into effect where they catch that nebula nebula from the past changes her appearance to look like nebula from the future taking bits of her and she goes back in her place so we have that and then we get one of the most emotional scenes in the fucking film as they go to the soul stone and it's on Vormir Hawkeye and Black Widow meet the Behringer of Death, Red Skull, as he takes him to where it's at. He calls Black Widow the daughter of Ivan and calls Hawkeye the daughter, the you know son of his mother. And Hawkeye's saying, you know, how do we trust him? We don't know this guy. He could be lying to us. And she said, he knew my father. And he goes, just because he knows your pappy's name? She said, I didn't. So we get to see that. And then he goes through it of telling them, you know, somebody, you have to trade a soul for us, the soul stone. And we get to see a moment of Hawkeye and her and Black Widow as they talk. Who's going to take it? Who's going to be? Who's going to do it? They both want to sacrifice themselves. Hawkeye says, tell my family I love them. As he goes to take off, Black Widow trips him, shoots him with her little electric tasers. Says, tell them yourself as she runs off. Hawkeye grabs and shoots an arrow, a exploding arrow at her feet, knocking her to the side. As he runs, he goes to jump off. He jumps. Black Widow jumps with him, grabs an arrow, shoots it in. It's a grappling arrow, hooks it in the side. And as there, though, she he grabs her arm. She's hanging, 
And you just see an emotional moment of him trying to save her and her just saying, let me go. And um, she kicks off and she falls. And so we see Hawkeye gets the soul stone because she sacrificed herself. And again, it's it's, a, it's an emotional moment because eight films she's been in, you've seen her from, you know, damn near the very beginning. And she she wanted to do something to help save the world, and she's done it. And it's just sad that she's gone. You know, you can't bring her back. The the gauntlet won't bring her back. It won't bring somebody like that back. It won't bring somebody that didn't die in the snap back. And he goes, we now see that all the stones are in one place. We have all of them. And Tony and Hulk build the build their own gauntlet to put their stones in to run and do the snap. Now, that's the second act of the film. The second act is them going and finding the stones and retrieving the stones and seeing past versions of themselves in the past movies, different perspectives. And now we're fixing to kickstart Act 3 in a big way. Because the future, uh, past Nebula has taken future Nebula's place. She has hacked the system and Thanos comes through in a spaceship. He blows through and he blows up the Avengers compound with an explosion that would have made Michael Bay cream in his pants. I mean, it's a huge fucking explosion. It's down. But before that, we see that the Hulk... You know, they've got the gauntlet done. Hulk is, and everybody's like, who's going to do it? Who's going to be the one to do the snap? Thor's saying let him do it. And everybody's saying no. We're like, no, no, we haven't discussed this. They're basically saying you're drunk. We, you know, they don't want to say we don't trust you, but we don't. And Hulk steps up and says it has to be me. You know, nobody can survive this. It's mostly gamma radiation coming off of it. Let me. He puts on the gauntlet, and it's just, it's eating him. You can see it's hurting, and then he snaps. And when he hits that snap, we hear birds chirping. Everybody's wondering, did it work? And that's when Hawkeye's phone rings, and it's his wife, who was lost. They brought her back, and that's when Thanos bombs the place. Boom! Explosion. People are trapped under rubble. The Hulk's down there with rocket and war machine. War machine suit's done, and, 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 it, and it's... Trapped at the moment, he gets out of it. He goes and saves Rocket by lifting up a piece of rock that's trapping him where he can't breathe. Hulk is trying to hold the place up. Starts flooding with water. We see that Ant-Man is on the way trying to save them. As Thanos comes out, he tells Nebula, retrieve the stones. And he sits down. He has his double sword. He takes his helmet off, puts on it. He sits down. She says, what are you going to do? He said, wait. We see Thor standing there. People are trapped in rubble and everything. And Thor's just standing there, hands in his pockets, looking at Thanos. Captain America, Iron Man, get up. They walk over. They see him. They say, what's he doing? Thor said, nothing, sitting there. And they basically say, you know, let's kick his ass, win, lose, or draw. Let's do this one more time. Thor said, I was hoping you'd say that. I, lightning comes out of his eyes. He gets Milnor and Stormbreaker. He's in full Thor outfit and gear now. And we get to see the Holy Trinity of the MCU. You know, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. As they go down and they confront Thanos. And it's just fighting and beating and war and pounding and just struggling. And they're fighting and they're, you know, Thanos is getting the best of everybody. Without the gauntlet, he's still kicking ass. He knocks Mjolnir down. He knocks Tony down. Thor's down. He grabs Stormbreaker, which I'm guessing Stormbreaker doesn't have that same you must possess the ability of Thor because he he grabs that Stormbreaker and he starts pushing it into the chest of Thor. Then we look in the back. That Mjolnir, the hammer slowly rises and then it's flung dead and hits Thanos in the back. We turn around 
it goes to Captain America. I fucking popped. Everybody in the theater lost their shit. Captain America is wielding Mjolnir. He's got his shield. This is fucking amazing. Like This is what comic book movies are. As Thor says, I knew it. This is what it is. And he goes ham. He's swinging the thing. He's throwing lightning at Thanos. He's hitting him. He's hitting the ground. And Thanos and, and lightning going everywhere. I can't do this justice. This scene is fucking amazing. This is probably one time where like I was, I was in tears and I'm just fucking screaming tears of joy and I'm just hollering and I'm like, yes, oh my God, yes, so much yes. It is so fucking powerful and such a great scene. He's throwing the shield, he's throwing the hammer, the hammer's bouncing off the shield, coming back and hitting Thanos. Thanos starts getting the upper hand again. He, I mean, it's just, it's just happening. He's getting the upper hand again. And he beats him down, and he's got, he takes his double sword, and he starts hitting at the shield of Captain America. And he splits the shield in half, cracks it, breaks it, and then shreds it. Captain America's down. He gets up. He tightens what's left of his shield on his arm, basically saying, you know, I'm going to die trying. You know, this is it. This is the last stand. If I die, I die. And then that's when you hear Falcon say, Cap, can you hear me? Cap and Sam, we completely, people forgot that everybody's back now. We see the portals open up from the, the sorcerers. Out comes Drax, out comes Quill, you know, Doctor Strange, Wong, Spider-Man. We, uh, we see all these heroes. Everybody's back. As the portals open up, we see all of Asgard come out. We see all of the sorcerers come out. We see Wakanda and the Black Panther and them, they're all back. So many people. The Ravagers, everybody, coming to fight Thanos and his giant army. And we see him as we're there. And we see Cap as he screams. looks to everybody. He screams, Avengers! He screams it. Calls Milnor, grabs the hammer, wields it, gets into a battle pose and just says, Assemble goosebumps i have goosebumps now it is such a powerful scene and then all hell breaks loose and they are beating the hell out of each other you know the avengers and and everybody from earth is battling thanos and all of his minions and all of the you know everybody's left and then we see the moment that everybody talks about ever you know kevin feige and brie larson and them have said that Captain Marvel is the strongest, you know, person in the MCU and that, you know, she she's unrivaled. I call bullshit for this reason here. As Thanos is walking towards trying to get the gauntlet that still has the Infinity Stone, Scarlet Witch drops in front of him and her eyes are blood are red and she says, you took everything from me. And Thanos goes, I don't even know who you are. And she says, you will. And she proceeds to fuck Thanos up. Scarlet Witch is fucking Thanos up single-handedly. She has him raised up. She's killing Thanos. And he says, rain fire. And his ship just starts shooting these blasts down, killing people left and right. Knocks her down because it hits near her, knocks her away. And then Captain Marvel finally fucking shows up. Swings through Thanos' ship and destroys the ship. This is the only moment to me, besides her saving Tony, that meant anything. If she had just destroyed the ship beforehand, Scarlet Witch had Thanos handled. Thanos was not going to be able to beat Scarlet Witch. Single-handedly, she was fucking Thanos up. Single-handedly, she fucked Thanos up. And yet, Captain Marvel's the strongest. I call bullshit. But anyway, she destroys the ship. She flies down. So now Peter Parker has been going through with the gauntlet trying to get it back to uh, Ant-Man and them as they have their they have a the machine going to try to go back in time to reset the time stones so Thanos can't get them in the present. They're trying to get rid of the stones and bring them back to their point in time in the past. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp are working on that. Uh, Black Widow's trying to or excuse me, Hawkeye's trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet to them, and then he gives it to Black Panther, who runs, and then he gets it to Spider-Man. Spider-Man's got it, and he goes through insta-kill mode, and he gets stuck. And then we find that Captain Marvel shows up, and he goes, Hi, I'm Peter Parker. 
She said, hey, Peter Parker, got something for me? Hands him the thing. And he says, I don't know how you're going to get through all that, though. And then you hear, she's got help. Captain Marvel turns around, and you see Okoye, you see Mantis, you see Scarlet Witch, uh, Black, you know, Gamora, Nebula. You see Pepper Potts in the Iron Man suit. Basically, every female character is there, and they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to help her get through. And it's a great fucking scene. It is very powerful to see all the women together know that these women are like, we're badass, and we're fixing to you know, kick these people. And then Captain Marvel just takes off without any of them. Flying through everything. She about gets it to the time machine. Thanos throws his sword. Hits the time machine. Explodes it. They can't go back in time. So now we're down to it. Thanos grabs the infinity the gauntlet. Puts it on. He's about to snap. Captain Marvel jumps in. They're fighting. She's fighting. She grabs his hand. He headbutts her. Nothing. She didn't flinch. She starts pushing his fingers back. You can see his hand looking like it's about to break. He reaches and grabs the power stone out of the glove with his other hand and punches her into oblivion. He knocks Captain Marvel into space with the power stone. And I gotta admit, I got kind of excited about it. Because she had been pointless up to this point, really. She hadn't done anything besides really take the ship out. And I don't know why. I just I, I was kind of excited to see her get punched in the in the face. Then he puts it back in. He's about to snap again. And that's when they start fighting. And Iron Man flies up. Iron Man grabs a glove. And then Thanos says, I respect you. I am, but I am inevitable. And snaps. But nothing. Nothing happened. He looks down. All the Infinity Stones are gone out of the gauntlet. You look up. Iron Man's holding and the, as his as the stones go into the glove he is wearing. And he says, and I am Iron Man. He snaps. And all of Thanos' army turn to dust. Thanos looks around, sees all of them turn to dust. And then he turns to dust. They beat Thanos with a snap. Tony is fried, and then that's when you see the you see the death of Tony Stark. You see the death of Iron Man. Um, I cried again. That that was emotional. I mean, Iron Man started it all, and Iron Man saved it all, and it was emotional, and it was hard to see, and hard to watch, but. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Beautiful ending. We see the funeral of Tony as they lay a wreath with his original arc reactor as it floats across the water. We see Pepper Potts happy. Uh, we see Morgan when then it goes through seeing all the Avengers. You know, you see Hulk, you see Cap. You see Ant-Man the Wasp, and, uh, Hank Pym and his wife. You see Okoye, uh, Sherry, Sheree, and Black Panther. You know, you're seeing Hawkeye and his family. You go up and you see Peter Parker and Aunt May. At one point they go in on a kid. I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? That kid is the kid from Iron Man 3 that he saw here in Tennessee. We, we see Brie Larson standing up there. We see the Guardians. And then we see Nick Fury as he stands on the porch. And we cut to we cut to Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye down at the river. And Hawkeye saying, you know, I, I really wanted to, uh, you know, I miss her talking about Black Widow. And, you know, I wish I could have done something. I wish she knows that everything's okay. And Scarlet tells him she she does. She does. And basically trying to comfort him. We see they're going back in time. It's Captain America. It's going to go back. Put the stones back. Give Mjolnir back. We see Falcon. We see Winter Soldier. And we see Hulk there helping him. And send him back. Five seconds later he's supposed to return. He doesn't. 
They say he missed his time jump. And all of a sudden, Winter Soldier walks off and he says, he calls Sam, Falcon, and looks over. There's a man sitting on a bench. We go over and it's Captain America. He's old. He's disheveled. You know, he's lived a life. And he said, and, you know, Falcon says, did something go wrong or did something go right? He said, I've tried, I said, I figured I'd try some of that life Tony was telling me to live. And he ends up giving him the Captain America shield to Falcon, telling him, you know, Captain America's not dead. This is yours now. Take that mantle. You see that there's a ring on his finger, and he says, you want to tell me about her? And he said, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. We go back in time to when Cap, when we hear old music playing. We go into a house. We see Cap is dancing with Peggy, Margaret Carter. And he kisses her, and it fades to black. I was crying here. <laughs> he got his dance with Peggy. He lived his life. It was a beautiful send-off for Captain America that wasn't death. I mean, it was probably the perfect way to send him off. And this whole film, the first act is them dealing with the effects of the snap and how and trying to just put things back together. The second act is them retrieving the infinity stones and trying to reverse the snap and the third act is just the all-out battle with thanos for the final final lot look at all the avengers together fighting this movie was built perfectly structured perfectly i don't think you could have done anything better to to end this on i really think this is probably the best film you could have done um is it the best that they've done infinity war might be better so because there's more at stake, you didn't really know what was going to happen. But this, that third act is incredible. And the endings are beautiful for everybody involved. And I love this film. You know, it, it goes without saying. I've seen it three times. If you're a fan of Marvel films, you've probably already seen the film. If not, you're going to see this film. But this is like 15 thumbs way up. This is just a gorgeous love letter to fans. This is a masterpiece to end it on. And I think that it was done in such a way that I'm okay saying goodbye to the MCU as we knew it. There's still going to be movies going forward, but the essence of what it was is never going to be the same. Nothing can nothing can outdo what they've done. I don't think they can outdo what they've done. A 22 film series, 11 years, and they ended it beautifully written perfectly, done perfectly. There's no better way to end this than the way they have. And my hat's off again to the Russo brothers for taking on this feat of directing it, Kevin Feige for putting it together, and everybody that's worked on the MCU through the years, everybody that's made a film, everybody that's done, worked on the film. You guys were a part of something special, and you guys were a part of bringing... A world that was in ruins. I mean, like I said, Marvel was going bankrupt, and you guys have made it what it is. You know, you guys have made it one of the biggest companies in the world now. Disney owns it, and Disney's making all the money with this, and it was, it was just beautiful. This movie is truly beautiful. Front to back, beginning to end. Structure, sound, acting, the presence of putting everybody's story having a book in on everybody's story is amazing and I can't for the life of me think of a better way that they could have ended this there is no post credit scene people they didn't need one here they, they aren't setting anything else up this was the end of a story this was the, the very last telling for that chapter of Marvel but there is one thing at the very end you hear clanging and it's Iron Man making his suit from their first one. I know that sound, but I think that's foreshadowing something. I think it is. What I don't know. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed my review of Avengers Endgame. I know it's long, but it was just so much to cover. You guys are amazing. Um, follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. 
Follow me on Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. And go see it in their games. Go see it multiple times. You will not be disappointed. So, until next time, I love you guys 3,000. See ya.